In these uncertain times, there is only one way to persevere. Learn how to prosper by using the power of God. Next on The Key of David with Gerald Flurry. Greetings, everyone. There are three nuclear powers in the West that uh, are dangerously divided, America and Britain and the British peoples around the world, and the little nation of, uh, or called Israel in the Middle East. But the biggest problems seem to be at this time in Britain and America that they are having serious riots and problems and of division. And how can we deal with these bloody afflictions that we have? God says in His Bible that He, in, in really in great detail, that He will bring peace to us if we use His power and, and, and get close to Him that He will solve those problems for us. But how many people really know their Bibles and believe them? Know those Bibles and believe them. That's what we need to be concerned about. And uh, these endless Bible prophecies will tell us exactly what's happening. If you look in, in the New Testament or in the Old Testament, you'll find that we have uh, uh, all kinds of prophecies, most of them, 90% of them, fulfilled in these last days. So we have to know when we're in the last days. Are we in the last days now? Well, if we don't understand that, we won't understand 90% of Bible prophecy. So we can know why we're having these problems, and we can know how to solve them. Jesus Christ made that really clear. And I'll show you that it, uh, some amazing prophecies here today. Notice what it says in uh, 2 Timothy 3 and verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Perilous times. Well, what are these perilous times? And what are, what are the causes of these perilous times? God inspired Paul to go ahead and explain that to us. So let's take a look at verse 2. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Well, that's a pretty broad condemnation of people in this end time or these last days. Paul is describing a disintegrating group of societies. And we have to deal with these problems because the end result could be just horrifying beyond words to describe, and will be if we don't do something about it. But here he's talking about children disobedient to parents. Well, what does that mean? Well, if their children, these children are disobedient to their parents, they're going to grow up to be disobedient to all authority. That's just the way it works. And then we'll have all kinds of chaos and anarchy, riots, and things like that if we don't solve these problems. So we have upside-down families, according to what it's saying here. Verse 3, without natural affection, truce-breakers. That's a pretty serious problem. Truce-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Without natural affection. These people really lack character. And that is a problem. Truce breakers, 
Well, what do you think they might get into problems like rioting? Well, of course, they would, and they also uh, go around despising those that are good. And even some people have tried to help out in those riots that were good people and, and uh, trying to help somebody out that was innocent and have been brutally beaten. Few have even died. So these are problems that we need to solve. And you know that many people are praying for solutions, but are they having those prayers answered? God tells us how we can make sure that they are answered, and you can almost read that into the Bible just by the opposite of what Paul is talking about here. But Jesus Christ has the power to stop all of that, and He could do it in an hour if, uh, if, if He wanted to, and that is a fact if you know anything about your Bible. But I'll uh, show you more uh, a little later about answered prayer. Verse 4, Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Traitors, it says. That's, these are violent people. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. You know you can see lovers of pleasures today, and especially in this coronavirus, this pandemic we have, and uh, we see people uh, are having a hard time in some ways because they're somewhat, well, many in many cases addicted to sports and many other things. In other words, a lot of the people, as you know, will tell you all kinds of things about sports, but they don't really know much of anything about the Bible. That's, this is what God is getting at. And they get addicted to pornography and uh, drugs and even on their technologies and all of that. But where are the lovers of God? Where are those lovers of God that deal with what Paul is talking about here. But notice, here's the key issue right now. Verse 5, having a form of godliness, a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. Well, there is power that God gives us, and I want to show you today how to use that power. Real power, not phony power, but real power. That's the big problem. If you look where it talks about form of godliness, Thayer's lexicon of the New Testament says the mere form, semblance, in other words, it's, a, it's just a mere form, it's, it's just a semblance. And semblance, if you look in Webster's, means outward and often specious appearance or show. And if I could just give you a definition of specious to make this real clear to you. It says in the Webster's Dictionary, having deceptive attraction. Another one, having a false look of truth or genuineness. It looks good to some, but it's a false look of truth. A false look. God is talking about godliness. He's talking about religion. Is it deceptive? Are they really, really telling you what there is in the Bible and having you look to Jesus Christ? The Bible is Jesus Christ in print. So we have to examine our godliness if we're going to understand this. And he's talking about people who are religious. It's a form of godliness, but denying the power. 
You can't just have a form or a semblance of godliness, or you won't have any power. You won't have any real power to stop problems like we're having today in these three countries I mentioned to you, or three, three powers uh, uh, in this world. So here we have people denying the power of God. So uh, I want to show you in Christ's own words what kind of power you have available to you that I think most people don't even remotely understand. I mean, real power, That's the Bible is sort of a stranger to people who want this power and should have it in their personal lives and in their collective bodies. They don't have it, though. They've denied it. And it's been out there available to them, but they're denying it. That's the big problem. So let's look at how we can use that power that Christ is talking about. Matthew 28 and verse 16. Notice what it says there. Verse 16, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, and into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw Him, they worshipped Him. But some doubted. Well, that's always the problem. Some are there that are going to doubt. Oftentimes, many people. Verse 18, And Jesus came and spoken to them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power in heaven and in earth. Now that's a lot of power. So we need to understand what this is all about. Christ made it clear that He was the head of the church, and He has all power, all power. And I'll show you a scripture later, if we have time to get into it, where he, he says to, it, to his very elect, If you will proclaim this message, I will open a door, and no man can shut it. No man. I don't care if he has a trillion man army, he can't shut the door. Now, God just puts that right out there in your face. <laughs> and I want to show you that scripture. That's powerful. And he's, he's saying that publicly, and that prophecy has never been broken, or people would be scoffing about it and ridiculing the Bible. But they have never, ever broken what Christ said there. But here he says it's, this is given, all that power is given to Jesus Christ by the Father, Father, Son, and we should have families in this earth, like the Father and the Son. That's the plan. But families, well, it says there in 2 Timothy 3 that they're disobedient. Those children are disobedient to their parents. Well, that's, that's not what God teaches. And, and if you have children that are disobedient to their parents, well, then they're going to grow up to be disobedient to uh, just about any authority. And that's a big part of the problem we have. But can you imagine the power that God is offering His church, and He gives His church? Most of His own people don't understand that today, but He's talking about real power. We have ourselves something like 350 television programs around the world. That's quite a lot of television programs, but again, we just 
do everything we can to follow what it says here in Matthew 28. We just follow that, and it works. And this little church started with $80 30 years ago. And yet, we have TV coverage around the world, almost, and certainly radio coverage all over the world. So God has provided, and He says He will do that. And here's what He says, He'll give you all that power, He'll back you and support you if you do this. Verse 19, Go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, teach all nations. Yeah, you've got to have the right gold. God says His very elect are going to teach all nations. They go out there to teach those nations, and you have to have leadership to do that, and step out and do what God says, or what Christ is telling us here, and He will back you with all that awesome power that He has, whether you're an individual or belong to some group. It makes no difference. God says He'll do this, and He will, he can't, or He would be a liar. So we have to uh, teach the world about God's family and how to, how to bring families together. And God really puts a lot of emphasis on that and says if His ministers are not doing it, then they're going to be in big trouble. But uh, we do get a message out there because God has blessed us. And He will do that to anybody if they do this kind of a work, and this work. The very work He's talking about here, verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I'm going to, you go out there and you teach what I tell you, what I command you, teach it to the world. And he knows that most of the people are not going to hear it. Jesus Christ only had 120 followers himself. But he's, God is telling us, you go out there and you teach them what I command. And then those that obey, will you baptize them? And that'll be a pretty small number, you can be sure. But he's making this message a witness to the whole world. It's quite a witness against them if they don't obey God. They have no excuse if they can't solve all their problems, and of course they're not doing that at all. God's authority, you see, holds these people accountable, but just imagine this Christ who has all power in heaven and in earth, and He says, I am with you! I am with you! And I will back and support you. Now that that's, that's something that, well where, well, where do you see that? Where do you see it? Teach all nations, and that will bring peace and joy and happiness. And he says in another place, Mark 16, verse 15, you, you preach this gospel to every creature, every person you can on earth. Herbert Armstrong came along and started his work in 1933 with nothing, with nothing. In the beginning, had to hitchhike a ride to even go and, and uh, speak to the people and, and, and meet people. And he had printed his Plain Truth magazine on a mimeograph machine. And finally, they, they actually gave him a, a spot on the, uh, the radio. Started with 15 minutes, I believe, but uh, it began to grow very quickly. 
and he had uh, the work up in Eugene, Oregon, but he found that people were leaving as fast as they came in. So he, had to, he decided he had to raise up a college, and he ended up raising up three colleges, two in America and one in Britain. And he had a powerful work. He had 725 congregations in 57 countries. He died January 16, 1986, and he had about 120,000 people attending and 1,200 ministers worldwide, and had an income of $163 million, a little over that. And if you look at men that have been famous in the past, or famous evangelists, televangelists, Jimmy Swaggart, or uh, Oral Roberts, Jim Baker, Jerry Falwell, and Robert Schuller, they didn't, any of them, generate as much revenue as Herbert W. Armstrong did. So he was doing exactly what it says in Matthew 28, and he taught me that. And he taught all of us that. The, uh, the church that we have today, he, he taught all of us, or is uh, either directly or indirectly. And, then, and if you look at the markets that those uh, men I just named to you, none of them had as many television programs as Mr. Armstrong. He had 382. So uh, that's a pretty impressive work. In the Plain Truth magazine that started on this mimeograph machine, he had a circulation of 8.4 million. And it, that with his Good News magazine, which is a spiritual magazine, was, well, a bigger uh, subscription list than Time and Newsweek magazines. And they were great magazines at that time. So there, there was a really, really impressive work there. If you look at his uh, correspondence course, 32-lesson Ambassador College Bible correspondence course, over the course of 30 years between 1954 and 1984, more than two million people enrolled in the course. That's the kind of audience that he had and people that were interested. Notice Revelation 3 and verse 7. Here's a promise Christ makes to us. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things says he that is holy, and he that is true, and he that opens, and no man shuts, and shuts, and no man opens. Verse 8, I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door. Christ's own words. I have set before you an open door, because you're preaching and teaching my message. I have set before you an open door, and no man can shut it." Now think about the challenge there. I don't care how powerful a man might be, Christ said, if I open a door and no man is going to be able to shut it, I may shut it, but no man is going to shut it. And He says that publicly to the whole world, and that's always been fulfilled, and yet how many people in religion or in Christianity really believe that. And do you know in all that, in all that truth that he, he gave to this world, He gave it to them for free? Because it says in Matthew 10 and verse 8, Freely you have received, freely give. Give it to the world! So nobody can have the excuse that, well, they couldn't afford it. I mean, in the best quality of magazines you'll see any place. Now, this is all published, it's right there before you. <laughs> Do you believe that? 
that he, when He will open a door, no man will shut it? Well, no wonder Mr. Armstrong did such a great work. And if you just believe what it says there in Matthew 28, he says, I am with you. And how many people believe that? How many people believe that? I mean to tell you, that is a challenge we need to look into. It's, it's really, I mean, it's never failed, and it's kind of like Christ just puts it right there in your face. You think He doesn't show power today on this earth? That is power, real power. Do you think He could easily stop the riots? Well, it says right here, nobody's going to stop Him from opening a door, or closing a door, or closing down a riot, for that matter or a war, or anything else. That power is available, it's just that most people today are denying that power. They have a form of religion, a, 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 a semblance of godliness, but it isn't genuine. That's the problem. They don't stay with God if they know Him, oftentimes. That we must correct. We really must correct that. Let me read to you again what it says in Matthew 28. I think it's a powerful, powerful group of scriptures here. Verse 16 says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. There's always the doubters, aren't there? Always the doubters. And Jesus came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power. The Father gave it all to him because of what he did on this earth. Verse 19 Go you therefore and teach all nations, all nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's, this is a Father-Son message. God is recreating Himself in men and women, recreating Himself in mankind. And think about what that means if we pass that up. Now, He's going to, he's going to win this in the end, and He's going to rule in the end in spite of man. It doesn't matter what He does, but oh, how we could solve these problems today if we would just do what Christ tells us to do. We could do that so easily in, in a way. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and I am with you always, even to the end of the world, right down to the end of the world. Christ would be there with us, and He says His own people today, His own true church at one time, 95% of them turned away when Herbert Armstrong died, turned away from, and really some of them, those in charge, destroyed what He built because they were denying the power of God. There is that pull in human nature not to want to obey God, and oh, what a penalty we have to pay. But this, this is a, the commission that God has given the church. This is the work of God right here. This is it. This is what it's all about. This is the goal 
of the work of God. And if you do that, God says, I am going to be with you always, even to the end of the world, right on down to the end of this age of man. And Jesus Christ is going to sit on that throne, and He's going to rule on that throne of David, and He's going to bring peace and joy and happiness to this earth in spite of man. He's going to rule with a rod of iron. He's not going to give men a, a choice when He gets back. He's going to implement His way and say, okay, enough suffering, enough of killing millions and billions of people. I'm going to show you how to have peace and joy and happiness on this earth. Until next week, this is Gerald Flurry. Goodbye, friends. In these uncertain times, there is only one way to persevere. Learn how to prosper by using the power of God. 2020 is the worst year in recent memory. World problems have multiplied much faster than solutions. One of the most startling problems in the news today is the carnage in the streets of American cities. Request Gerald Flurry's free booklet, Great Again, to learn where America's race riots are leading. As America's cities burn, you can find safety and inner peace. You can use God's power to deal with any problem that comes your way. God is doing a powerful work today, warning the world through His one true church. As the world suffers, God's church thrives. Only one group of people is teaching the life-changing truth about God's power. This spiritual power source will soon drive out all human problems forever. America and the world will soon be great again. Also request Gerald Flurry's free book, The True History of God's True Church. God has sustained His church through two millennia and seven eras, through persecution, division, attacks, and martyrdom. The God of power will rule the earth very soon in spite of human rebellion, just like He rules His church today. He will easily stop riots and violence and all other plagues. Study and be inspired by the heroes of church history. Every bit of history from every era of God's church is relevant to your life. All our literature is available free of charge at no cost or obligation to you. Request Great Again and The True History of God's True Church. Order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. All our literature is available free of charge at no cost or obligation to you. Request Great Again and The True History of God's True Church. Order now. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. For the free literature, call toll-free 1-800-339-7629. If you would prefer to write, send your request to The Key of David, P.O. Box 3700, Edmond, Oklahoma 73083. If you would prefer to write, send your request to The Key of David, P.O. Box 3700, Edmond, Oklahoma 73083.
The preceding program was a paid presentation of the Key of David, brought to you by the Philadelphia Church of God.